0: Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington, where you will hear from the movers, shakers, and changemakers that are moving Greater Burlington forward. Here is your host, Stephen
1: Brody. Welcome to All Things Greater Burlington. Southeast Iowa Regional Medical Center, West Burlington, is among few hospitals in Iowa that have continually served patients during three centuries, the 1800s, 1900s, and 2000s. It opened August 1st, 1895 as Burlington Hospital, the third small hospital in a city of about 23,000 people. Burlington Medical Center began developing its future with the 1988 purchase of about 100 acres of farmland in West Burlington, the first building on the campus, now called Family Medicine Southeast Iowa Regional Medical Center, opened in 1990. After nearly three years of construction, the renamed Great River Medical Center opened April 4, 2000. It was the first new hospital built in Iowa in 11 years and the largest construction project to date in Des Moines County. On July 1, 2021, Great River Medical Center and Fort Madison Community Hospital became one with a new name to meet qualification for the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services for sole community hospital classification. The new name is Southeast Iowa Regional Medical Center. The SCH program was created to maintain access to needed health services for Medicare beneficiaries in rural communities by providing greater reimbursement. And it's a privilege today to be joined by Dr. Michael McCoy, President and CEO of Great River Health. Dr. McCoy, thanks again. I know you're a busy man, and it's just a pleasure to have you take the time to be with us today.
0: Hey, thank you very much.
1: So you have been, we were just talking off air, you have been now President and CEO for
0: just about a year, is that right? One year, yeah. Prior to that, I was the Chief Medical Officer for the health system for about eight years or so prior to that. And what if i
1: might ask what brought you to the hospital um what what was it about uh, the hospital and the, and this area that uh, got you interested in saying hey i I'd, I'd love to work there
0: so um my wife tamara and i we were uh, in residency together at the university of iowa and i finished my residency i'm and gynecology and we had talked about maybe going back to wyoming uh, which is which is where uh, we'd come from uh previously um through Creighton and uh, Omaha and um, well, there just wasn't an opportunity there that, that seemed to fit for us. And so we had been used to being at the uh, Iowa city for four years. So we said, let's look around. Um, something about river towns was a little appealing to us. So, you know, we interviewed all the way up from Dubuque and Oh gosh, down Clinton. And we went over to uh, Waterloo Cedar Falls and, and down through the quad cities and here. And, um, as we as we uh, interviewed at different places, and really what you're doing is you're you're figuring out who you want to work with. Uh, I think more than anything else. And uh, I remember t- uh, Tamara and I said, let's just uh, let's just list uh, one through three, our top three, and let's just see how we end up. And we yeah. both chose Burlington as number one, so we ended up here.
1: Wow. Yeah. And. Was there something in particular about Burlington other than, I mean, you You mentioned Rivertown and obviously you can't beat that.
0: Well, I think honestly get, getting right out of residency as a young physician, it, it's all about who you're going to work with. Yeah. And so there was just a group here that we both felt very comfortable that this would just be the right fit for us. You know, I think there were some aspects of uh, the, the Rivertown and how early Burlington was uh, you know, settled and, the history around it being the first capital of what Wisconsin territory and then the state and some of the cool old buildings and architecture and different things. So that was very appealing. But sure it was honestly like um, you know, I got a second marriage here. It's who I'm gonna work with most of the time. So that was probably the biggest drawing factor, honestly. And now you're president and CEO. Tell us what
1: what does that entail? I mean, I can't imagine it's the same thing every day there. You can't have a typical day do, doing doing no, this job.
0: No, there there's not really a lot of typicalness in it. Um <laughs> you know, I think um the, the the start for me was the first few months was just trying um there there's things you run into every day that you, you wish you knew more about than what you do. Yeah. Um but but realizing once you get past even the things that you don't know that you don't know. Uh, and, and the surprises that you don't know are out there. N- now we know uh, at least some of the stuff coming at us and how to try to anticipate it. Um, but you know, each day is a challenge um, and there's everything from worrying about uh, patient care and good care and quality care and, and, and taking care of the, the patients and families in Southeast Iowa. But then you got to worry about the, the staff and, and being the largest employer in the region and uh, the right things to do with that and then, uh, and then, of course, the financial responsibilities of uh, in the in the trying times of hospitals today, uh, just trying to to make the finances work. How
1: much do you need to know personally um, that you bring to the table versus having to rely on quality quality people?
0: Well, in, in,
1: in very important roles.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you don't have um, if you don't have a good team around you, um, you know, good luck. Uh, but. I think the biggest thing is I I um I fortunately had the the, the medical um, side and the patient care side, um, just like some uh, administrators might have the more of the administrative side, not the clinical. Yeah. Um. And so obviously, I had more of the clinical, the administrative. So, um, years ago, I had an opportunity to do some um some things for our, our college, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and I I did some some things uh, for the college at a state level and and the kind of a regional level and then national. And I, I had a chance to do some more training and get some leadership training and kind of found out I, I sort of enjoyed that part of it, maybe using a part of my brain that I wasn't used to using as much. (laughs) And um, so over time I started doing more and more administrative things. And that just kind of morphed into slowly, gradually doing more uh, less clinical and more administrative. But um, you, you, no one person's going to know all of that, so you got to surround yourself with the people that are good at the finances and good at the HR, and and can and do some of the operational things that you may not be as good at. And you put yourself together and and uh, work together without the team. And we we were sort of short short on having a team about a year ago, and um, it, it was really it felt good to get everybody in place then. So. Yeah,
1: I don't know if everybody realizes just how big you are. Southeast Iowa Regional Medical Center. It, you've got a lot of different locations and a lot of branches. Can you summarize that?
0: Yeah, so um, Graver Health System is the parent uh, corporation, uh, you know, sort of a, a charitable not for profit. Uh-huh. Underneath that, you have Southeast Iowa Regional Medical Center, and that has two campuses one in West Burlington and one in Fort Madison. We then have a critical access hospital, Henry County Health Center. And then we have down in Keokuk an outpatient diagnostic imaging center and a, a kind of a multi-specialty clinic, urgent care, um, and so we have um, um, kind of kind of this region um, and. Uh, yeah, we're, like I said, we're the largest employer in the region. So
1: yeah, and you, sp- I would imagine you spend most of your time on the West Burlington campus. Do you, do you make time to go out to the other ones as well? I
0: do. Uh, not now. Some not as often as I like. I don't. We we've even got like outline clinics up in Mediapolis and Wapello and all the way across. You know, uh, Winfield and Wayland and New London and yeah. Um, I don't get as much time up there as I would like to, or getting down to Keokuk. In fact, I'm scheduled, I think, to go down to Keokuk here in the near future. But uh, between the other three campuses, between Mount Pleasant and Fort Madison here, I'm at least uh, usually in Fort Madison once a week and usually in Henry County once a week, or never more than two weeks without being there, Yeah. so.
1: You've got a very active recruiting department. I know Casey Fleming is is always recruiting and looking for qualified talent to, to come here. What, what are some of the challenges uh, that you see and, and maybe, I guess, that, that Casey uh, has to deal with in trying to bring those qualified folks here?
0: You know, I think just um, recruiting uh, f- for healthcare is is it's all about finding the right fit. And um, yeah, I, you can go into particular things like each community is uh, housing. We've talked about housing in different aspects with the, the partnership, and there's groups working on that. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is um, is you need to find somebody that's comfortable being in this setting. Um, if they want to live in downtown Chicago or um, New York or uh, St. Louis, it's, they're just not going to be happy here, and they don't usually um, stay. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 somebody with family ties helps. Somebody that's from the region before. Uh, somebody that wants to be here. We have a lot of uh, physicians and. Um, uh, advanced practice providers that say, Hey, I got family in Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Louis, uh, Des Moines. Um, so being here is kind of central and I don't need to live in that town. I'd like to be close by. So that is kind of appealing for us. Um, I think the other thing is that we have our tertiary care center, Iowa city, uh, university of Iowa hospitals about an, you know, an hour or so away. Uh, so it's, it's, it's far enough away that, um, they're good partners. Uh, they don't need, they don't really come down and dip into doing work here, but they're close enough that we really rely on them a lot and refer a lot of our um, tertiary care patients yeah. there. So,
1: Is, Do you have such a thing as a sales pitch uh, when when you're doing the recruiting? It's like, you really want to come here because?
0: Well, you know, I, and I'll, I'll borrow this from, you mentioned Casey Fleming, but yeah. it's very simplistic and I've used this uh, often and I, and I will sometimes visit with physicians and I'll say it's, it's really not that hard. If you come here and you want to provide access so people can see you uh, in a timely fashion, you do a good job and you're nice, you'll be as busy as you want to be. Yeah, That's pretty simple.
1: I know, obviously, during the pandemic, there was a share of challenges and, and staffing issues occurred and you had to deal with getting a lot of visiting uh, personnel to come. How How would you say you are... Coming out of that, and now in terms of staffing levels, are you uh, are, are you at a good level right now, or would you say that there's there's still some room?
0: No, we're not at a good level. We're still struggling with uh, you know the the our labor costs because of the agency staffing. We're still having yeah. to to uh, lean on is, is really one of the biggest financial challenges we have right now. Yeah, uh, we've done a lot of things trying to look at our costs and uh, cost management. And group purchasing and uh, all those things we've really looked at uh, as close as we can. Yeah, um, labor cost is a, a big deal. We've we've uh, formed a, a our own kind of a right choice um, and and an internal resource pool to try to help do some of that work more internally f- for needing that. Yeah, um, our our biggest priority I think is is hiring our own uh, full time and part time PRN staff. Um, And then using uh, what I, you know, the right choice and and the uh, internal resource pool is sort of a level of help on top of that. Um, But it's it's really getting our own people back. Um, It's just, um, you know, it's very difficult for somebody that comes into your uh, hospital and they don't know your policies and they don't know uh, how things necessarily work from one hospital to another. And trying to do some process improvement initiatives or, or going in and teaching on. Uh, helping the staff with something that uh, we're trying to do differently is is really difficult when you've got a revolving new people yeah. um, at at a much higher cost than what our own would be. So, um, you know, I think hospitals around the country are starting to see a, a turn that way. We are, but not as fast as we would like to. Yeah, and I think that's what what the real financial struggle is that a lot of hospitals and not just the state but the nation are feeling is is that
1: and, and I think you're right on that because I mean obviously being a doctor and a nurse is a very noble profession and you want to be able to get the best and the brightest to come here but there is obviously those factors you've got inflation that's playing into it and cost of living and so it can be a challenge in, in trying to attract those folks to come here and want to stay here under those circumstances
0: yeah. And, you know, I mean, the cost of living here is, is great compared to some other places, mm-hmm. a lot of other places. But in the healthcare world, um, unlike a lot of others, when there's the inflation and sometimes then those costs are passed on yeah. to the consumers, um, we get reimbursed what we get reimbursed. Um, it doesn't matter what we charge. We're going to get paid what we get paid. And, and the reimbursement just hasn't kept up with the inflation of what the, the costs are for us. And that's why hospitals are really struggling, because that just hasn't happened. And you can't, it's a big deal to uh, shut off a service line and say, we're not going to offer this anymore, or try to limit your hours. Uh, so so those those are tough choices. And so we're really working through that.
1: Yeah. Well, and you've also got a good partnership with uh, SCC with Southeastern Community College on, on the nursing side, correct?
0: Yeah, we've got a great partnership with uh, SCC and and uh, Dr. Ash and his team, and we've got a um, a grant program there with uh, the nursing, and um, we're just getting. Uh, I think we'll really see, hopefully, start to see the 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 big benefits of that. Of getting more people in and getting more people uh, in our health system from a nursing standpoint, especially by next spring. Um, and then we're, we're also having some discussions of how we can sort of help students, not just in nursing, but in some other aspects of thing. We're starting a rad tech program, a brand new program at Southeast Community College, and we're starting that. The first class will be uh, about a year from now, next fall, actually. Uh Um, And I think, uh, according to Dr. Ash, I think that class is already about full of applicants. So That's great. um, And then we're also looking at just ways, not in as a a biggest way, because um, numbers-wise, because nursing's really the biggest challenge, but some of the other things, um, uh, some uh, medical assistants or maybe EMTs or um, respiratory therapists. There's a variety of things that we need uh, to hire in our, in our region, and our health system that SCC uh, can be partners with us on. So we're having those discussions also.
1: And if you just answered this question, forgive me, is there a, is there a certain area that you are in more need? Nursing. In nursing. Yeah.
0: Okay. Nursing, but you know, uh, and, and, and nursing, CNAs, nursing assistants, and techs, variety of technicians, uh, Diagnostic imaging and ultrasound and and respiratory therapists and I think the thing that that, that came really uh, clear to everybody um, in, in the hospital and the healthcare teams is um, how intricate and vital it is to to have everybody in the team be there and when you when you, you when you have a missing link there of any one of those folks that I just mentioned how much it can affect everyone else and how efficient they are and how much work they can do and and the level of care we can give patients and i think the hardest thing during during the the, the you know the covid pandemic was it was really t- at times hard and it still is a little bit because we just don't have a lot of flexibility when somebody's gone or sick we we sometimes don't have a lot of flexibility in helping uh, flex up to staffing when needed but continuing to pro- provide the level of care that that patients and families uh, th- that they deserve and and, and um, are expecting. Yeah, And trying to continue to provide that sometimes with the staffing struggles uh, has, has been a real challenge. And we're really trying to focus on the patient experience. We're trying to look at the quality of the care we're giving and paying particular attention to that. And then really trying to focus on in, in, uh, investing in our own people, uh, where there's a variety of things we're trying to do right now. Uh, because our our people are our biggest our biggest asset, and without uh, everyone I just mentioned, and, and all the non-clinical, like, I can't guys, I can't go on and on and on. But then you just don't you just can't give the right care, and you don't have the team in place. So we're really trying to focus on investing in our people right yeah. now too. If you could
1: describe your your leadership style, um, what what do you think what do you think that would be?
0: Yeah, you know that's a good, that's a good question. I, you, I'd probably have to have you bring in some folks that work with me and ask them. <laughs> you know, I think um, I think some of the I think some of the real skills that leaders need is um, being able to get collaboration and teamwork uh, out of folks. Um, I think trying to communicate well what 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 leaders communicate is interpreted by by the staff uh yeah. totally differently if that's not communicated well but trying to be transparent yeah. um, i think um, um so communication is huge um and then i, I think sometimes um the, the the sort of um biggest thing maybe the um uh, emotional uh uh stability or maturity or whatever i think to be able to listen um be able to accept the ideas of others around you that may not be like yours be able to try to adapt um and look at how um, sometimes the emotions of other people around you may not be different than the emotions you're having in certain situations and be able to see that and, and adapt i think um that those are probably some of the biggest things i think that that can be important. Um, And so for me, the thing I've always tried to focus on is trying to be very pragmatic and trying to look at all sides of issues, get everyone's opinion as much as possible um, and try to hopefully build kind of a collaboration around things. But um, as we all know, that works well most of the time and sometimes it doesn't and then you just have to do what you have to do. Right, right.
1: Well, thank you for answering that. Now would be a great time. Uh, Is there something like that you want to Toot your horn about about the hospital, because uh, obviously there are hospitals that will be recognized in, for excellence in, in different areas. Has, has that has that happened recently?
0: You know, it, it's it's been so hard coming through the pandemic, and then um, there were so many things we kept talking about. Well, this, this was started, and, or this was ongoing, and then COVID hit, and then that everything stopped. So we've really been trying to rebuild. What are some of the things that we? we're doing or starting to do or thinking of doing that got shut down by COVID. And we're like, listen, we can't just do this forever. We got to move on. And and trying to do it in a way that doesn't completely overwhelm our already overworked staff, uh, but we have very dedicated folks. And really, if it's things related to trying to give good patient care and having patient experiences, those are, those are easy things for our staff to want to get behind. Yeah, um, we're, we're doing some things now to try to um uh, get a cancer care uh, accreditation uh, with University of Iowa. And that is, is uh, that process is ongoing. Um, we've uh, contracted with uh, the largest uh, uh, company in the United States uh, around quality he- of healthcare, care. Um, and we uh, have had them come in and do a complete assessment of our quality program. And now we're trying to work on some of the things that they've seen that, okay, here's the top five things that you should work on for your hospital. Yeah. And so we're really focusing, trying to focus on the care we're given and the quality of care and patient experience. Um, because as we've, um, and I've said to some of our leadership, you know, when you get all of our leaders at, at, at the whole region together, you have about 125 people. And if, if we can't have our hospitals be, be places where people want to work and, and patients and their families want to come for care, then all of this work we're doing is just for naught. Yeah. So really that's what we have to focus on and, and trying to think of the, the care we're given, the patient experience, and then investing in supporting our own people. So that's really what the focus is now. Yeah. Um, there's certainly some things we're doing in different departments as far as you know, a stroke certification and some of those things that, that we find important, but most of those things are related to patient care and trying to think about the right thing to do. So
1: There definitely seems as well, doctor, um, a desire for folks where you are to get connected into the community in, in leadership positions as well. I mean, we've been fortunate with uh, at the greater Burlington partnership that we have had uh, folks from the hospital be involved in, in the partnership and divisions and, and different things like that. Is that something that's intentional the, that, that you try to impress upon folks?
0: Well, I, I I think we've always we've always had here um, at the at the health center, um, I think a, a participation. But I I could I just I think it, maybe it was COVID, maybe it was everybody kind of getting um, um, drained a little bit um, with everything going on around healthcare and, and the pandemic. But but about a year ago when I started this, that was one of the things. one of the very first leadership meetings we got everybody together. <coughs> And I said, "What well, one of the expectations is that you get involved in, um, in in something in your community, something that you're not already involved in. It doesn't have to be something you're spending multiple hours a week doing, but you just got to have involvement." And we share sometimes about every quarter or so. We'll bring up a, what's something you're involved in now that you weren't before. Um, I shared some of those things for myself, um, and I I couldn't at the top of my head quote you, but at about. Oh, about three months or so ago, I shared with the group because we've kept track of that, the number of things that now we have folks uh, in part of our leadership. And I said, it's an expectation. I, ex- I expect you to get involved in something, but I would encourage
1: yeah.
0: uh, the staff below you to get encouraged also. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I, we, we've shared that as far as the number of things, uh, meetings, boards, presentations. Um, we don't keep track of hours of service so much. That's a little hard to do with the group our size. But it's really been amazing how much people have gotten involved in things in our whole region. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: In your role, um, does does your job end during at a d- given part during the day, or are you on twenty four hour call?
0: Yeah, well, call for me is different than it used to be. <laughs> uh, but um, no, there's uh, several of us on the executive team, and we have kind of a secure <clears throat> messaging system. We call it Halo. It's just um the name of it but um and and I'm um, for most of us that's always on um and so if somebody's get a hold of any of us uh, anywhere I've I've gotten halo text when I was in the middle of a boat fishing in a lake in Canada before <laughs> when I didn't even think there was cell service but I found out there was <laughs> um but no um I don't you know I don't I don't get called as often um at night late um like like you're used to with clinical care but but it happens and usually when it does you're you're trying to help clinicians with uh, an issue that's going on around I can't get a patient treated right or in the right place and there's not beds um or you're trying to work out something with with um some sort of staffing or or it's usually patient care related but I got a really good team and most of us especially those with with clinical care that are part of the clinical care leadership where we're, we're available uh, usually all the time.
1: What's the, what's the extent of care that that can be done here in terms of, I guess, uh, trauma care. Um, can you pretty much do everything here or are there certain things where um, you can't in, in West Burlington and they have to be transported somewhere else?
0: Yeah. So the, the two specialties we don't have here is we don't have um, Structural heart, meaning open heart. But we do a lot of things interventionally. Amazing what they can do now that uh, interventionally. And we don't have a neurosurgeon. Okay. But um, we have an orthopedic spine surgeon. Um, there are some... Though, so those are really the only two specialties. Um, there are some areas of trauma, so different trauma designations around the state. Um, and we have general surgery and we have orthopedics. There, But there are certain things that may require... Um, Sort of tertiary type care. There are some some total fractures or multiple fractures that that would be hard for us to treat here. I, as a for instance, um, you know, if there's a concern over something happening, it could require. A, uh, um, You know, blood utilization beyond our capacity. There's occasionally those things come up in in certain OB things. So there's one-off things that can come up in in a lot of our specialties. But for the majority of the things in in all the other specialties, those are the things that we try to do here. What we we really try to do is is keep people as close to home as possible for their care. And that's at any of our hospitals. If they're at uh, Fort Madison or Mount Pleasant, we want to have a reason why, can we keep them at that hospital? If not, can we have them at this hospital? Because there's a little more specialty care. And if not, then then transfer them to where the tertiary care can be. So that's the key is keeping people as close to home as we can.
1: Is Iowa City the, the, the next place to send folks to?
0: That's where most of our um, tertiary care goes. Um, after the pandemic, there's been a lot of places where just bed availability, um, a lot of hospitals are the university, they're full about every day, just like a lot of times we're full about every day. And you're, yeah. we're, we're, we're boarding people in our emergency departments now. We didn't do that before. And the reason is because we're waiting for the next day when beds open up and we can get them somewhere. So primarily Iowa City. But sometimes if if Iowa City's full and it's going to take too long, we will, we will search other venues. We've sent patients to Peoria. We've sent patients mm-hmm. to Des Moines. We've sent patients all over. But... Ninety percent of our tertiary care probably goes to Iowa City, and, yeah. and you utilize life flights. Oh those? yeah, a med force. Uh, we utilize um, actually quite often. So yeah, and um, they're um, they're they're going to be building a second hangar sort of on on the campus, so they always have a second helicopter available. Uh, that way, if there's ever a, any any sort of a um, you know concern related to a malfunction or equipment malfunction or something that we never go without service. We always got another helicopter as a backup. So. Yeah.
1: So what do you like to do in your downtime when you actually get downtime?
0: You know, we've got kids now in North Carolina and Wyoming and and, and up in Minneapolis, Minnetonk area. So um, when, when there's a little free time, um, I try to catch up to my wife who, when she has free time, she's usually visiting them and I try to catch her or follow up. We like to We like to travel. Um, I like to play golf, but I don't play enough of it that I get very good at it. But I sure like it. Um, and so those are those are those are the, the biggest things um, that I, I enjoy. And then we sort of have a a home that doesn't really have a lawn. It's just sort of a big perennial garden around our house. So I go out there and I I goof around in that enough just to give me something to do. So
1: <laughs> great. Well, we're just about out of time, but uh, I want to thank you again uh, for coming here and talking with us and sharing uh, what's going on. It's it's obviously a very important role that you play here in the community and and that you invest in the community and that you have folks uh, with the medical group that are involved in different organizations. So we, we really appreciate that and I just want to continue to come beside you and, and wish you continued success.
0: Well, thank you. I think, I, you know, it really seems like we have uh, starting to get more and more of people uh, speaking about ha- having support in the community and supporting us and us wanting to support them. And um, we're trying to have our marketing be more also community relations. And, um, you know, what we really just need is, is to help the region and, and the community know what we do and where we do it and uh, that we're going to try to do it well. And if there's things we're not or there's gaps, uh, let us know so we can let you know how we can either fix it or or address it as best we can.
1: Perfect. Dr. McCoy, thank you for being with us today.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: We thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to All Things Greater Burlington and give us a call at the Greater Burlington Partnership if you have any suggestions on who you'd like to hear on a future broadcast. Until then, have a great day. We'll see you next time on All Things Greater Burlington.
0: been listening to All Things Greater Burlington with Stephen Brody. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to catch all new episodes. To learn more about All Things Greater Burlington, visit greaterburlington.com ATGB.